Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll enjoy. Wow, what a, what a blessed people we are. What a blessed people we are. Now, guys, technical people, I'm fixing to jump ahead in my notes because something stirred in me as, uh, as I was uh, uh, going over this. Uh, and I just want to jump into the middle of my notes there. And uh, some of this you'll, you'll get in the middle of my notes. Some of it is, is just not really emphasized. But I, I just feel like led of the Holy Spirit to jump into it. You know, uh, we were preaching last week on staying in Judah. Now, how many of you know that staying in Judah means we got to stay in praise? Stay in that place of praise. But one of the things I was going to emphasize today is... Uh, when David brought up the Ark of the Covenant, uh, Israel begins to gather and they begin to praise. And you know that whole story. If you want to read this, this is in 2 Samuel 6. I'm not going to take time to, to, to go into it in detail. But Israel was praising God. They were worshiping God. And, of course, we had, they had some issues there with the Ark and, and all kinds of things. But they were excited about the presence of the Lord. And uh, what that represented, what the ark represented, they were praising the Lord, but David's wife, Michael, was looking out the window, and uh, she got real critical and real judgmental. And uh, she said to David, basically, David, well, haven't you made a fool out of yourself today? Look at the king. Dancing like a commoner, doing all these things, and, uh, you know, look, look at what you've done, David. And she shamed him. But his response to Michael, if you, and you can read this in 2 Samuel 6, was this. Michael, this wasn't about you. Let me just summarize it. This wasn't about me. He says... I wasn't putting on a show. I was doing this as unto the Lord. And if you read that whole story, what's interesting about that, David had come back at that point to speak blessing over his household. Not only the whole night, listen, watch this, the whole nation was celebrating. They were caught up in it. They were worshiping God, glorifying Him. She chose to stand at the window and look out and watch it from the side and watch it from a distance. And David came back, if you go back a few verses, after he told her, look, I did this unto the Lord, but the first thing he said, he came back to speak a blessing over his household. But guess what happened? Michael missed the blessing. She got left out. She missed the blessing because she chose in that instant to live outside of praise. She allowed the enemy, watch this, to build a throne. 
And boy, Suzanne just touched on this. She was all over my message. <laughs> happens a lot up in here, doesn't it? She allowed the enemy to build a throne in her life. Now, let me back up and just see how much of this I can cover. I just love just flowing with the Holy Spirit. The enemy wants to build a throne in our lives. She allowed the enemy to build a throne, watch this, of criticism in her life that commanded her focus, her attention, her emotion, and her words. And here's what I want to say just to encourage you. Never let the enemy get you to a place, to a window of criticism where you miss out on what God is doing. In fact, here is my word to all of us today in the move of the Spirit of God. Get out of the window and get on the dance floor. Come on, somebody. Because I don't know about you, I have a, first of all, I've got a, we've got, we have a God that's worthy. I'm preaching this message backwards and inside out. So it's just going to jump all over the place if you're following my notes. Get out of the window and let's get on the dance floor. We should never allow the enemy to alienate us and push us to an outside position. If we're going to stay in Judah, we've got to realize that, first of all, the enemy wants to build a throne in our lives. Wow. How can I attack this, Lord? How can I deal with this? I believe it's in Isaiah 14. That's where it's at. Listen to this. In Isaiah 14... More than anything else, the enemy wants a throne. Now, watch this. A throne is a place of focus. In other words, now I, we have watched a little bit. We like some of these uh, British time pieces, you know, back in <laughs> history. We like those. I enjoy them. Because to be honest with you, I, I, like, I watch some of them and I'm like, man, them people strange. Some of the stuff they did. The way they, the, some of their pomp and circumstance, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. But it's interesting to me. But I have found out this: there's there are people of royalty that sit on a throne, and when people enter that room, the focus is on that throne. It's right there because they're the center and the focus of attention. Well, really, that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants to build a throne. A, a throne is a place of focus, the center of attention. When you walk in the room, all the eyes are drawn to it. Listen to Isaiah 14, 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend unto heaven. Watch this. I will exalt my throne. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. The enemy loves to build thrones 
to try to get us to worship at those thrones. One of the biggest ones he builds, and Suzanne did hit this, is the throne of fear. Oh, I could never, I could never accomplish that. I could never get past that. I could never, amen, he's a liar. I could never do this. I could never do that. Oh, God, this is too big. I'm looking at people here today, and I, I won't specifically call them out, but what I'm saying is I, I, I heard their, their heart cry years ago when they said, you know, I'm in a place of security in my life. And I could stay here and, and things would be okay. Or I could step out, leave security behind, and I can follow what I feel like God is saying and at that moment, they had to choose, am I going to step out in faith and follow God, or am I going to let fear hold me back? They chose to follow God, and I can tell you their lives are blessed because of it. Doesn't mean everything was easy. But I want you to say with me this morning, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. And so we, we reject the spirit of fear. The enemy wants to build a throne of fear in our lives to keep us from stepping out and believing God. But I got news for you. Not in this house and not in your lives and not in your family and not in your sons and daughters and not in your life and not in your children and grandchildren. The enemy is not going to build thrones on our lives and I'll tell you why. Well, he, he, the devil desires a place to ascend to and to reign over. And he's always trying to get us to bow our knee. Bow your knee to this. Give in to this. Whether it's our health, our wealth, <clears throat> our peace, our callings. He longs for a place to sit as Lord, small L. He's looking for a throne. But I want you to join with me this morning as we accept the mantle that has been released in the worship here today. I, I sense a mantle of anointing, that's the only way I know to say it, that has been released in this house in our worship today. That's going to take us to another level. That's a great place to say amen, glory to God, something. But I want you, I want you to join, join with me in declaring and decreeing that uh, there are, Satan, there, are no, there is no room in this house for any throne that you build. No room. There is no room for you in this house, Satan. No throne for you in this room. In fact, let's say it this way. There is no vacancy. There is already a king in the house. There is already a king in the room. There is already a king in my life. And I got news for you. There is already a king on the throne, and his name is Jesus. Therefore, in this house, in this place, in our lives, we decree, everybody shout, no vacancy. The throne is already taken, and there is no vacancy. And church, let me tell you, the enemy desires to infiltrate with fear, shame, unbelief, 
all of the all of the things that try to destroy our lives and eat our lunch and hold us back but that is again nothing but uh the the falseness the, the, in other words, it's only a perversion. He wants to invade our lives with fear, with doubt, with unbelief, with, with uh, discouragement, with depression. All of those things. But that is a false, that's a counterfeit. Why? Because God desires and always has been desiring to tabernacle with men. To tabernacle with people. What does that mean? That means he wants to dwell and reside in intimate and personal fellowship with us. That is God's heart. That's what he wants. Listen to this scripture, 2 Corinthians. What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you, I said you. How many believers in this house say that's me? You are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell where? In them. I will walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. As, as God builds a throne in our lives, it is to draw us into a place of intimacy and personal relationship with Him out of which we build our lives. Amen. I want to see if I can jump ahead and say something here that, that I want to be sure is understood. The object of our praise and worship is never just a breakthrough. The object of our praise and worship is a person. Whether I get a breakthrough or not, He is worthy. Whether the promise comes to pass or not, He is good. Whether I see everything I want to see, let me tell you, my God is King and He is Ruler and He is Lord and He is Majesty. I think I said it this way. In, in Revelation chapter 5, and if you back up to chapter 4, I think in the notes it's got chapter 5, but let's back up to chapter 4. We're talking about how the enemy wants to build, build, build a, a throne, but God is building a throne in our worship. It, is, it establishes the throne of God in our hearts and in our lives and a place of intimacy. And I said it this way, while we want the promise, God wants the relationship. Isn't that good? And here's what I found. The more intimate and personal relationship I have with Him is, the more that I find that all these things shall be added unto me. Because if you're personal, and what's this? If you're personally and intimately acquainted with Him and you walk with Him, that means He's guiding my steps. He's guiding my choices. He is guiding the doors that open and close. He is leading me, guiding me, and He is going to take me where I need to go simply based out of the fact that we are so close. Amen. That's what He offers us. Amen. And so while we want the promise, God wants the relationship. In Revelation 5, 
We've been talking about staying in Judah. You know, the Naomi and her family, they all left and left Judah. They left Bethlehem. They left Judah and they went down to, to uh, Moab. And it got bad. They left Bethlehem, which the word for Bethlehem, one of the words for Bethlehem is bread or word. They left Bethlehem, Judah, and Judah is praise. They left those and they went to Moab. But I got to thinking about Jesus as the lion of the tribe of <clears throat> Revelation 4. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. We're headed to chapter 5. If you're following your notes, just stay with me. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him who sat where? To him who sat on the To him who sits on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne, and worship him that liveth forever, and they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy. They worship simply out of the worthiness of God, out of the awe of God, out of the greatness of God, out of the majesty of God and, and who he is. Thou art worthy. And by the way, those of you that are in the arts and dance and all of this, watch this. This is a beautiful scene, and it's not just, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was just come from? It is full of life. It is, it is full of awe. It is full of wonder. It is full of sounds that no man can even describe. Like the sound of many waters. Sapphire, ruby, onyx, colors beyond description, streets of gold. And they're trying to put this in, in human terms. See, that's why the enemy tries to steal the arts and pervert them because the arts are a way of communicating just on a small scale the majesty of our God, the greatness of our God. Well, I got news. Devil, you can't have them. Amen. They worshiped him forever and ever, cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy. O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, you have created all things. And for your pleasure, they are and were created. Chapter 5. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book? Who can loose those seals? No man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I began to weep. I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and read the book, neither to look thereon. But one of the elders, one of the elders says, Weep not. Behold, here it is, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Say his name. Say his, come on church, say his name, Jesus. Oh, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. Boy, I'm preaching this thing in a total different direction than I thought.
See, Naomi, all of them, they leave, they go down, she marries, her husband dies, she has two sons, they marry, ten years later, both of her sons die. She's left destitute, basically homeless, and she hears about a move of God back in Bethlehem, Judah. And she starts a journey back and she looks at her daughter-in-laws and says, listen, I don't have anything to offer you. Stay here. I'm going back because I've heard about a move of God. She heard there was bread in Bethlehem, Judah. She starts back and she looks at him and says, stay here, my daughter-in-laws. Because I don't have any more sons for you to marry. Orpah looks at her. She weeps, but she also says, I'm going back. I'm going, I'm going to stay in Moab. Ruth looks at her and says, What's this? I am not going to leave you. And by this point, listen, Naomi was hurt, bitter, and beat down. She had lost her husband and her sons. And she had nothing left. And she goes back saying, don't call me Naomi anymore, pleasant. Call me Mara, bitter. But Ruth, something in Ruth, something in Ruth looked at her and said, I am not going to leave you. And she made, Ruth made one of the most powerful statements anywhere in the word. She said, Watch this. Your God will be my God, and your people will be my people. So not only did she come into a relationship, and I don't have time. To, I'm going, I was going to teach this today. I won't have time to do it. Not only did she come into a, a relationship with a, a, a real God, a living God, a new God, she came into a relationship with a new people. And that is so important. It is huge in your life. But I say all that to say, we're talking about the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. If you go and follow the rest of the story about Ruth, guess who ended up this is a Moabitess. People who are not allowed into the temple down to the 10th generation. Incestuous people. They caused the death of thousands of Israelites by their fornication that they got them involved in. This is her history. But this woman who makes a decision, your God's going to be my God, your people are going to be my people, and nothing but death was going to separate us. This woman walks back to Bethlehem, Judah with her, begins gleaning in the field of Boaz, finds favor in his sight, and leaves the history of being what was that? I, I, I coined a new term, uh, Moabitean. 
a Moabite, and is in the lineage of David, which also means she's in the lineage of the Messiah. She bursts a whole new season of destiny in her life by choosing this is the God I will worship. This is the God I will serve. This is the God I will follow. Watch this. And this is the people I will unite with. Ooh, Brother Scotty, that's good preaching. Wow. <laughs> ah, talking about change your destiny. I got to tell you all a little funny story right here. Talking about coining a new word. Susan's, you know, she's real, she's real, she knows how to decorate, all that stuff. I just, you know, I like, let's let her do it, but this past week, <laughs> she was like, uh, she said, I got to get these things, and, uh, they're like, I don't know, there's something that fits somewhere on something. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a, a couple months ago when our family was here, a precious family in this church said, we're going to make you a, a sharp, what do you, what, how do you say that? A what? Charcut. Help me. Come on. All you cultured people, I am charcuter, uh, some of y'all don't know what it is neither. It's got cheese and, and okay, man, it was awesome. I said, what is a charcuterie or whatever it's for? She explained it to me. I said, that sounds good. It's got food on it. It's a table with food. Hallelujah. I'm all in. And it was awesome. We had such a great time. Our house wasn't ready, but California kids came out. And we went out there and just had such a wonderful time. It blessed us so much. But I didn't know what that was. Well, this, uh, this, this past week, she said, I'm going to put some, and I said, you, those things, you call them foibles. She looked at me and she said, foible? I said, you know those things you're buying, a foible. What is the name of it? A corble. You guys are looking at me. You're not laughing because you don't know what it is neither. It's one of those things that Robert, it's like, I bet Robert, I bet you know what it is, don't you, Robert? Yeah, he feels out. He's an electrician. But anyway, I just make up words. So from now on, if you see a corbel, it's now a foible. <laughs> Hallelujah. She changes her destiny. And she becomes in the lineage of the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, who has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, Suzanne, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the where set upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof, for you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God 
by your blood out of every kindred, every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. You've redeemed us, they said, and then they said, you've made us. You've made us unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Kings rule and reign. Priests offer sacrifices. You missed it. Kings rule and reign. Priests offer worship, offer sacrifices. We have a dual calling on our lives. We are called as kings and priests to rule and reign. We are called as priests to worship and sacrifice and praise and adore the living God. Can I get an amen and give God some praise in this house? And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels around the throne. The beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. Thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice. Can you, you know, in our mind, we just go through this so fast. Can you, this scene is incredible. And here's what they're saying. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. They, they're running out of adjectives. Power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessing. Every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, I heard I say, blessing, honor, glory, and power. And here it is, be unto him who sits upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Three things happened when they sang. They praised and they worshiped. Now again, they get caught up in the majesty and the glory and the beauty of who He is. And as they praise and as they worship, things were opened that had been closed. How many of you are ready for some open doors? I release it over you in Jesus' name. Open doors and new levels. As they worshiped, as they were caught up in His majesty and led by His Spirit, things were opened that had been closed. Things were loosed that had been bound. In Jesus' name, things were loosed. Amen. Release that anointing in this house. Things were loosed that had been bound. And number three, things were received which had been held back. I said this before, but I want to say it again because it's important. Remember now, that wasn't the object of their praise and worship. That was a byproduct. He was the object of their praise and worship. And so we have to stay in Judah. And I'm going to close with this. Give me five minutes. Matthew 18, 19. Not only are they called to stay in Judah, but when they left, when this group of family left Bethlehem, Judah. They left the word. They left the praise. But they also left the community that was so vital to their spiritual health. So not only stay in Judah, stay in community. We've, we've uh, uh, touched on Matthew 18, 19 a couple of weeks ago. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree as touching, to touch means you need to be close you can't touch somebody from a distance you can to a certain degree but 
this group of people left their spiritual community of Bethlehem, Judah, for Moab. And I've already alluded to it. Moab was far from Bethlehem. And its culture was completely, completely foreign to them. I've already talked about so much of this. The Moabites, listen, were known for their immorality, idolatry, and God declared that no Moabite could, could ever enter the assembly of people down to the 10th generation. But one woman, under the anointing and guidance of God, broke a generational curse. and op <laughs> Folks, it just takes one person who'll say, I don't have to live under this kind of mess no more. I don't care. And you may be saying, well, it runs in my family. Well, this is where it runs out. Come on, can I get anybody in here to say, this is where it runs out. And I've already gone through all that they experienced and all that they went through. But I want you to know something. When she goes back, as I've already alluded to, she goes back not only saying, I'm going to, I'm going to serve your God, but she's going, to, she's going to find a new people. You know, sometimes the, the key to the victory in your life could just be the fact that you're running with the wrong crowd. Listening to the wrong voices. Getting your information from the wrong sources. Naomi, or Ruth said rather, she said, I, I accept him. He is my God and these are my people. Her old way of life was behind her now. But I want to say this, godly relationships are important. I said, godly relationships are important. Amen. In fact, I want to say something. I'm sensing something. I want to go back to something I just said. Maybe you're here today and you're saying addiction runs in my family. Well, you're where it runs out. Don't let the, the enemy likes to build thrones of addiction, fear, or any of these kind of things. Uh, let God, build a, 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 let, let God build a new throne in your life as He grants you the power and the authority over that. And uh, all those tendencies are broken in Jesus' name. Amen. But godly relationships are so important. Listen to this, church. When you don't build relationships, you build yourself an island. Now, I'm looking around this room, and those of you watching online, thank you so much for joining us today. We love our online community. We love our online family. But I want to remind you, we all have different personalities. Some of us are more prone to want to be, you know, there, there are people in here that I know, and if there's a crowd gathering, they want to be there. Anybody know folks like that? Then there's a, the others who are like, one or two people, I'm, just, I'm cool, I'm good. I, you know, or I can just... You know, we all have different personalities. But I, but I got news for you. We all have a need to have relationships in our lives that build godly character and bring hope and help and healing to our hearts and to our lives. You aren't so spiritual. Well, I just, Brother Scotty, I tell you what, I just, 
you know, uh, I just don't know if I know about that. Well, let me say it this way. We all can gain from something else. And if Jesus needed it, we need it. Well, when did Jesus need it? I am so glad you asked. Matthew 26. Then, then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. I read this so many times through the years, and I never saw this little tidbit until now. And you know, one of the reasons I think we avoid relationships, of course, and boy, I could teach for weeks on that, is hurt. You get hurt. Or you get used, you get abused. And there are, obviously there needs to be boundaries in our lives. Hello. But, you know, I got some bad food at a restaurant one time, but I didn't quit eating. I didn't go back there, but I kept eating. As is obvious, this life in this apartment for the last three years has wreaked havoc. All my clothes have shrunk. Anyway, it's my story, and I'm sticking to it, Jay. We need relationships in our lives. Jesus. Then cometh Jesus with them, his disciples, unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit you here while I go yonder and pray. Notice what he said. He's going through the greatest heartache and time of his life. And he did not even ask them to have some incredible, deep, relationship, uh, I mean, uh, revelatory word. He just said, I'm going here. Would you just come and sit with me? Amen. A lot of times people will avoid others that are going through a hard time because they don't think, I have everything that they need to have said, and if I can't say everything they need to have said, I'll just avoid them. Jesus didn't ask them for a deep, profound word. He just said, would you just come, guys, and sit with me for a while? i got to pray. So while I go pray yonder, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, and began to be, sor very, be sorrowful and very heavy. Then he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death, tarry here and watch with me. Just come with me. There will times you'll be somebody who can come and sit with somebody, and then there will be times when somebody can just come and sit with you. And as a pastor, I can tell you, in, in, in doing this in some shape, form, or fashion, getting close to 49 years now, there are times when multiple times through the years, I walk into situation after situation after situation and I don't know what to say. And a lot of times instead of just trying to make up something to say, I just sit with them. And if all I can say is, I love you and I mean it, that's a difference maker. And let me just give you a little counsel. 
that will help you with this when it comes to relationships. doesn't always have to be profound. I believe the three greatest words of encouragement ever spoken are, I love you when somebody really means it. Man, there are times I'll get a text message, and if the person on the other end of that text only knew what that did and how I felt. And I try to convey it to them, but sometimes all it says is, I just had you on my heart, I love you, I'm praying for you, and I know they mean it. Because there are people in this church, listen, there are those of you I'm looking at, I could call you at 3 o'clock in the morning and you'd be there for me. I know you would. Now I try not to do that. I try to let you sleep. But here's the thing, I know that. That in and of itself is encouraging. But here's something that you can always release over somebody. I don't have to feel like I have to have all the monumental answers. But here's one thing that I can pray, and you might want to mark this down and keep it. Psalm 32.8. When I don't know what to do and I don't know what to say, I don't know what to pray, first of all, I identify. I want to identify with where they are. No one will always walk up in somebody's life and start, you know, I want to identify. If they're hurting, I want to identify with it. Bible says surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows Jesus did that we can too but here's a scripture that you can do, that you can give Psalm 32 8 you can pray this over the Lord says I will instruct you and teach you in the way that thou shalt go and I will guide you with my eye that is a promise for God for anybody who's going through anything God will show you, instruct you, lead you, and guide you. Isolation from the encouragement of godly friends is dangerous, even deadly. And I'm fixing to say something that's going to be strong. Be very, very mindful in this day and time and hour in which we live who you submit yourself to in the pulpit, apostolically, religiously. Be mindful of who you submit yourself to because not everybody is legitimate. Not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter in. And not everybody has your best intention in their heart. Can we stand up? I know this is kind of a strange way to end it, but I want to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I sense such an anointing here to, to make sure, Father, that we are those who will follow you into the pastures, green pastures, and still waters. And we just thank you, Father, that uh, we don't have to, to follow those who are hirelings, those who have only their benefit in mind father i ask you to lead us to a place to where there will be people who will lead us and say to us look and church let me just say it this way you're not here to cause my dreams to come true i'm here to believe god to help you see your dreams come true Amen. that's what this house is here for
That's what we're here for, to encourage you. And the other will take care of itself. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that any abuse of authority that has been spoken over anybody's life in this place or anybody watching, I thank you that that thing is broken and it no longer rules and reigns in them. Any hurt that they've experienced, any darkness that has tried to infiltrate their lives, I forbid you to rule and reign in their life going forward. We are those who belong to the Good Shepherd whose name is Jesus. And Father, we thank you for that. So Lord, rule and reign in our hearts today. We build a throne of worship before you. Thank you for leading us and guiding us and directing us, Father God. Thank you, Lord. We decide this morning that we are going to stay in Judah. That we're going to build a throne for our God. And that, Father, more than anything else, we're going to worship and adore you when we do it by faith, when we do it in advance, when it's times are good, when times are bad, and everything that's in between, our God is worthy to be praised. And let this be a house of praise, a house of Judah. A house where we see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, real quickly, those of you that lifted your hand earlier, I want to pray over you a little bit more. I just feel such an anointing on the creative arts, on, on uh, anything creative. Come up, come up now, quick, quick. I, I won't keep you but just a minute. But I'm just telling you, I just, especially for the financial end of it, I want to, man, there's so much I still want to say. I just am believing God so strongly for these things to happen. Teaching or ministry or creativeness, uh, Suzanne's like she's things that she's doing art uh, discoveries you know what I was I was praying this week and I listen everybody look up here real quick it's, it's been a we've, we've gone through a hard couple months dealing with a lot of things in this house with a lot of sickness and I and you know God Jesus the word of God is true we, we'll never equivocate from it. We'll never back off from it, no matter what happens. God wants us well. I said, God wants us well. He wants us healthy. But look, I, it, it, would, it would absolutely bless me. Why shouldn't a born-again, spirit-filled believer discover a cure for cancer? Yeah, God is supernaturally provided, but why, how come, why can't a born-again believer discover a cure for cancer? Because I get, I get really, really tired of, of seeing things happen to people that are too young, Amen. too soon. Amen. Heartbreaking. But I'm just going to tell you this. We're never going to equivocate in this house from uh, the stand that we know that by stripes we're healed and God wants us well. And we're going to keep standing in faith and we're going to love and stand with those that hurt. But... In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for the creativeness, genius, the creative genius of the universe. And Lord, I pray that none of us will go to a place to where that creativeness gets suppressed and stuffed down and stifled. But Father, I pray that you will cause us to go to places to where the exact opposite happens, where it is drawn out, where it is pulled out. 
I mean, where it is like, thus saith the Lord, there is so much in you that I still want to reveal, God says. And Father, I pray that we'll be a church that fans the flames <laughs> of the creative genius of our God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is so fully resident in people's lives. Now, Lord, thank you for the gifts and callings of God. Thank you, Father God, that some are getting back in line again. They got out and left field, but now they're getting back in line. And they're coming into the greatest season and anointing of their lives. Some are called to write. Some are called to create pageantry and beauty and grace. Oh, the grace of God on display. Thank you, God. Some are called to discover. Some are called to educate. Some are called to draw out the gifts in others that have just kind of fallen by the wayside or discouragement has come in. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for an anointing of the Holy Spirit that will infiltrate our lives and cause us once again to rise up in places that we may have forsaken to see your glory proclaimed and declared in all the earth. Thank you, Lord. Father, lead God and direct our hearts and our lives to a place of productivity. Oh, I said to a place of productivity. To a place where, Father God, we can fully be who you have called us to be and fully walk in the giftings that you have for us. Lord, help us, Jesus. Pray, church. Pray, pray, pray. Help us to make decisions that will lead us forward into places Mm. places where your spirit is given reign and rule to work in our hearts and in our lives. Not where we are told what we can't do and that we are never be enough and nobody ever amounted to anything and this is not going to work and all these other things. Father, God, help us to be led by your spirit to those who will stand with us and say, I'll be your two. <laughs> I'll touch you and we'll touch together in agreement to see the plan and the purpose and the beauty and the, full, and the fulfillment of God for our lives. All you young people over here, look at all those young people, a bunch of them up here. In Jesus' name, may God enhance, anoint your, your musical giftings, your voice, your abilities to hear. Oh, I knew I was going to get going. Young people, come up here. Get out of them seats and get yourself up here. Will you, you not? Come on, come on, come on, come on. In Jesus' name, I say from this day forward, you are on the pathway of discovery. Watch this. Listen to me, church. We don't choose our calling. We discover it. And we discover it as we worship. We discover it as we find in ourselves the things that He has placed within us. And as we apply ourselves and allow Him to lead and guide it. So in Jesus' name, I'd say over you, you are on the journey of discovery. And every decision that you make right now is super important. And let me tie this in. 
right relationships. Right relationships will either enhance the gifts and calling of God on your life or they can suppress it. And so I say, find people. Boy, I'm, I'm, I am totally doing this just off the, out of my heart and out of these years of life and living and ministry. Find people. Find people who will see in you what God has placed inside you and help draw it out and help call it out of you. I mean, some of you, you, you know what I'm talking about. To see that beauty in a young lady. To see things in her that she's never seen. She doesn't know about herself. And let me tell you what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like God's going to help you defeat the enemy of insecurity. In a lot of young ladies. They, they, they're gonna, uh, some of them will feel insecure about all kinds of things because they listen to the world and they hear how the world says things. But God is going to anoint people who will help the, 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 them defeat that spirit of uh, uh, insecurity and feeling like they can't and, and listening to all those things out there and looking at the way the world does things. God's got a whole nother anointing and gifting that's going to be released through your hearts and through your lives and for others of you here too. That is so huge. Because here's what happens, and I'm not saying this is only applying to them, but I know it does. When they, when they, when they move in that level, those levels of insecurity, then they make wrong decisions based on it. And they end up places they should not be. And their hearts and little hearts and lives get, get hurt. So in Jesus' name, Father, thank you for an anointing. Let's lift our hands toward heaven. Father, anoint us with fresh oil. Lord, anoint us with fresh oil. Fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil. To call out. To call out the giftings. Oh, all that you have done. And Father, all that you have placed within us. Your word says he gives gifts unto men. He gives gifts unto people. And so Father, I thank you that some way, somehow, somewhere in all of our lives, there is a gifting that is waiting to still be discovered. And it's not just for the teens. It's for those even in later years that are coming into a new place, into a new level, into a new place and a new walk of discovery. So thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that diagnoses that have been given about learning disabilities are being broken off as the giftings of God are released. You will not be limited because they said you've got a learning disability. You will not be held back because they think that you can't. And they've said, this is, this is what's wrong. And, and what, what, is, what is that? Uh, I'm trying to think of that. Uh, not dyslexic, but yeah, ADHD. Uh, yeah, Asperger's. All of those. I, I can't think of all those names. But in dyslexia. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Say that again, Teddy. Those names have to bow to the anointing in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, and it's in the presence of God and in the presence of people who will pull it out of you like you teachers that have the awesome authority and responsibility 
of being able to not just teach them on an intellectual level, Robbie, but to see and to be sensitive to the voice of God and see what is in them and then speak to that. How many of you are, are glad that God sees what's in us? He saw what was in us at some point in our lives and He didn't see us as we were. He saw what was in us and He spoke to that and He called it out. Oh, so I call it, Father, we call it out now by the anointing and anoint us with fresh oil. Anointing, anoint us with freshness. Lord, that flows over us so that it's, it's not uh, legalistic, Father, but it's such a fresh moving and birthing and seeing and experiencing God on a level that, uh, that some of us have never experienced before. And I thank you for it. So, Father, now in Jesus' name, we also agree for the fine funds, the finances. You are the God who supplies all of our needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And you will make provision for the vision. And I give you praise for it. Now, Lord, I thank you that in a few weeks, as we gather in the tabernacle, we want to do what we can to, to display your glory in, in whatever way we can do it. So, Father, thank you for a great Passover celebration. A celebration of not only the building of that uh, uh, building, Father, not only the building of the tabernacle, but a gathering to celebrate the fresh oil and anointing of the Holy Spirit as we worship our God outside the walls. Hallelujah. And Lord, I just believe in my spirit. Every Sunday is building toward that. We're just Sunday after Sunday, we're experiencing such a freshness in this house. And Lord, I thank you now. Stir the hearts and lives of your people that they might see and hear and know your voice above all others. We give you thanks and praise for it now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Everybody shouted. I want you to say with me, and for some of you, you know, it's like Suzanne said, you know, we, we can see ourselves. Look, there, there are things that I know I'm not gifted in, but I'm going to tell you what. All of us are gifted in some way. So I want you to say, thank you, Lord. I am gifted, I am anointed, I am called, and I'm going for it. Amen. Now give Him praise. Hallelujah. Amen. If you need prayer, we are here. If you don't know Jesus, we're here. God bless you, and we will see you next time. Thank you for being here today. Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at life-church.org.